The following program is a specialty program. Unless otherwise identified, the participants on the program are not employees of Chorus Entertainment. Opinions expressed may not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. There are lots of lousy businesses, and there's lots of wonderful businesses. It's the art and science of money. My job has been to try and figure out which is which. It's Hi-Fi Radio from the Global News Radio studios in Toronto with Hi-Fi Portfolio Managers. Here's Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hartle. Well, welcome to the weekend. It's a special one. It is a family day weekend. What a better opportunity to discuss money with your family, the family day weekend. It is so important, my good friends. And honestly, I have to say the discussion uh, about money with the family uh, should begin at cradle in and around then. And really it could continues right to grave. And when I say the great part, I mean, uh, when it comes to estate planning, uh, it is a very smart idea to have a family meeting, uh, you know, with your adult children um, uh, and discuss your wishes with them in advance. Uh, it will hopefully prevent some um, unpleasant, uh, unhappy uh, outcomes when you finally do pass. So communication is key. Um, again, the magic exists in this world. I, I, I believe in magic. In fact, that's the German or uh, team-up song. I believe in magic. But I do. Uh, and it's called compounding. Um, and I'm going to be pounding the table uh, at an ever-increasing rate, because that's what compounding does. It increases at an interesting rate. Uh, but I can't stress this point enough about compounding money. And so, again, Family Day weekend, have a discussion with any of your working children and get them saving immediately and investing immediately. When you save, you do not put it into a savings account. Uh, save and invest. Uh do it all at once, uh, do it monthly. And there really is no better vehicle uh, for saving little increments of money, guess what, than mutual funds. Uh, I cannot stress that point enough. They're excellent vehicles. Um, uh, I have my son in a savings plan and he is buying four different mutual funds uh, and they're working. He is compounding his money. Uh, again, uh, you start when you're a teen, uh, you can amass a lot of wealth by age 30. The biggest problem uh, millennials have today is a down payment on a home. Uh, again, friends, you want your kids to leave? Help them leave. Uh, educate them about saving, get good habits set up, have them compound and participate in the bull market. Participate in the economy out there. The economy, uh, look, it ebbs, it flows, and yes, there will be another recession, but friends, recessions are about 10% of the time, 15%. The rest of the time, the market's in expansionary mode. Uh, you know, you're working, you're participating, take advantage of what's right there in front of you. And again, this freedom that we have doesn't exist around the world. I would also say it's interesting, this market, again, I subscribe to Bespoke Investment Research. Uh, it's very expensive research, but it's how I have an edge over the do-it-yourselfers big time. And uh, Bespoke reminds me as to the significance of the American stock market. The American stock market represents 40% of the global stock market. The Canadian market, two. The German market, two. The Italian market, two. Lots of twos on the board. Uh, the Chinese market, 40 for the Americans. I think it's eight for the Chinese market. So uh, it's a distant second. Uh, point being, uh, we're fortunate that we are in the same time zone as the world's largest market. And uh, freedom of mobility and you know the estate taxes are onerous or they're, they're, they're far removed enough from the average Canadian. You don't have to worry about them yet. Um, so participate in the U.S. market. It is, well, it's home with free. And don't let Trump uh, get you going. you got to turn that guy off. I promise. Keep turning Trump off. Probably four more years of having to turn him off. But don't let him, um, uh, what's the word, 
have him dislocate a good, solid plan. Systematic savings. Uh, use mutual funds. They work. It's the way to get your kids out of the house. Uh, and they'll thank you for it. Uh, they really, really will. Uh, anyways, without further ado, I brought in uh, Phil Peterson. Uh, he's a investment strategist, uh, and he's a chief to boot, chief investment strategist uh, with Manulife Investments. Um, Jack and I use Manulife. The is it the high income fund, Jack? We use the, the strategic the income strategic fund. Income the fund. high income fund is like a, just a money market fund, high interest savings. Basically, you get there. Yeah. So the strategic income fund is their flagship or one of their flagship fixed income funds. It's a bond fund. We use it for our conservative accounts. We use it for our balanced accounts. And the reason I use a fund uh, in my discretionary mandate for fixed income is because the world of fixed income is A, worldly and global, uh, and B, very complicated. Um, it is opaque. It doesn't have the same type of transparency the equity markets has. And as such, it's, it is it should not be left to oneself. Funds can add a lot of value. Um, the Main Life Fund is absolutely fantastic. Uh, Peter's trying to uh, direct me. You can't do that, Peter. No, we got we got a director. They direct. Uh, I'm getting a conversation here, buddy. Now you, you just focus on being a chief, all right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, and you threw me off guard there. You, you, you got me off, uh, off stride. Where was I, Jack? Uh, you're talking about uh, Philip taking care of uh, the tribe, being a chief. Yes. Uh, so, so we use Manulife for fixed. I was trying to give you a plug there. To be, Rachel, I was trying to give Manulife a nice plug. And, and he's like, you're trying to wish me here. Don't do that. Ah, oh, Peter, Peter, or Phil Peterson. Um, anyways, Manulife's a great company. Uh, Phil Peterson is a strategist. Uh, we have two strategists at Canaccord. I like to uh, hear uh, what the other side has to think and say. And I can't thank you enough, Phil, for joining us uh, on Hi-Fi Radio yet again. Well, it's my pleasure. You know, I appreciate being here, appreciate the opportunity, and uh, thank you for having me. So uh, 2020, it's a new decade, uh, and it is uh, going gangbusters, market up every day. Uh, you know, if you, as long as you buy the right names, you're going to make money. <laughs> Simple, isn't it? And the market gods are smacking me right now. That's what they do when I say silly things. They look down upon us and uh, don't, 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 don't treat us kindly. So what do you think of the year? What do you think of the start? Uh, how's it going to play out? And... Talk to us about coronavirus. Well, first, let me start. Uh, I, I'm shocked at uh, how strong the year has begun and has continued uh, through the uh, the first six weeks of uh, 2020. Um, it's been largely you know, a, a year of momentum, a year of euphoria, and, and a year so far that's discounting any of the headwinds that we see out there. So you've got the coronavirus in China. That is a uh, not an insignificant headwind to the global economy. And, and well, yeah, because you have the coronavirus not just in China, it's around the world. Exactly. It's spreading, and, and it's, it doesn't show signs of abating at this point. It will have an impact uh, not only to the Chinese economy, but economies uh, in Europe, and, and I think even an extent to the U.S. economy. Uh, and that, therefore, is going to have an impact to earnings. So with this headwind that we see in front of us in terms of earnings growth, where earnings growth is fairly lackluster already, I'm surprised at the valuation that we see in this marketplace, but it wants to keep going up. Uh, we have Phil Peterson uh, in the studio. He's a chief. He is the chief investment strategist at Manulife. Um, I spend a lot of time uh, with strategists. Uh, they help me with my macro. Uh, we have two internally. I like to also speak with the external uh, folks to get a different perspective. Uh, Phil is here to give all of us a different perspective uh, on the world of money for the year 2020. You stay tuned. You're going to learn something. It's Hi-Fi Radio on the Global News Radio Network, 640 in Toronto. Money. Let's take a break. But after, Wolf and Jack will continue their in-depth discussion about money. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Hi, 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 
Yeah. Welcome back. Show about money. It's Hi-Fi Radio on the Global News Radio Network. 640 in Toronto. I am Wolfgang Klein, and I'm having so much fun with that song because it is so good. And that's no one-hit wonder band, my good friends. That's quality. That's quality classic rock. Hit after hit the band produced. That's the type of stock you want to buy, you know? Uh, you want to produce, a st- you want to purchase investments that have hit after hit after hit that are timeless. Um, and we learned last week that Tesla, uh, now with four models, and the uh, first letter of each model, you put the four together, uh, spells sexy. Uh, so they got uh, their fourth hit that they're working on. But it's uh, interesting, you know, you get these software stocks, Jack and I right now uh, have just made an investment in a company called Avalara. Uh, and they are a tax software sock. Um, as you go digital, uh, and if you're a business person going digital and trying to do some e-commerce, you must remit taxes. Um, and that was overlooked for decades, uh, but the authorities are on it. And uh, state taxes, municipal taxes, federal taxes, depending on what jurisdiction, complicated stuff. And again, software is just so disruptive. It's just taking these little pieces out of big blue IBM. Uh, who just landed that uh, contract, by the way, with uh, IBM this week, Jack? 350,000 employees at IBM taking on which software um I think it was Slack, so work. Was it work, right? Yeah, yeah so yeah. for communication software. Yeah, so the, again... But that's uh, really the stuff that's working. And, and before the commercial there, we had a commercial break. We had Philip talking about how well the market's doing this year. It's certain parts of the market that are doing exceptionally well. It's the large cap tech. It's the growth in a no-growth environment with this coronavirus out there. Because people are concerned that the economy's slowing down in China. That's going to drag everyone down with it. We'll see what happens with China and the stimulus. But uh, really, we're seeing, like I said, growth in a no-growth, U.S. large cap tech which I would argue um, is a defensive trade. It's kind of hard to say, but it's true because they do have that growth in a very difficult environment. So we've seen the cyclical sell off. Industrials are doing okay, but the banks have sort of got flatlined with the, the yield curve, meaning that interest rates have sort of flattened out here too. So the market is telling us that there's not a whole lot of growth out there, but some of these tech companies that you're talking about, uh, Wolf, they're very disruptive and there is there is some opportunity with them. The question is, uh, at what price? So, uh, Phil Peterson's in studios, Chief Investment Strategist with Manulife. Uh, with that as your backdrop, um, Chief, what do you have to say? Yeah, there's the the quintessential question, which is at what price? And this is where I, I start to struggle because we're seeing valuations on some of these tech companies that we haven't seen in about 20 years. Uh, when we look at a company like Microsoft that has had good earnings in their shift to the cloud uh, space and, and, and capturing some of that business, we've seen their earnings accelerate. But you're also paying about 33, 34 times trailing earnings for that. And so that is a, a an aggressive growth rate uh, presumption on that earnings to justify that valuation, and and we're seeing that across the the big five companies, the you know the trillion dollar club, which includes Amazon uh, or not quite Amazon yet, but Google, Microsoft, and Apple. And then if you throw in Facebook and Amazon, there those five companies represent about twenty percent of the market cap on the S and P five hundred, and they're not cheap. They're not cheap right now, and that is the struggle that I have. Is if this was three years ago. Valuation three years ago, yes, absolutely, they were cheap. Today, not cheap at cheap, all. But I, I would argue with you that in, on a relative basis, um, relative to bonds, uh, and certainly relative to other parts of tech, they're dirt cheap. Like a lot of tech stocks are trading at fifteen times 
revenue, as you know. Uh, gee whiz, Google trades at, what, 25, 30 times earnings, but it has a 20% top-line growth rate still, which means it has a peg ratio of maybe 1.2, 1.3. Sorry, folks at home, a little complicated stuff for you, but um, uh, Phil's talking about how, how expensive the FANG stocks are. Boy, there's a lot more rich valuations out there than that. Sure, uh, and people are really paying up for growth. They're paying up for growth in technology. They're paying up for growth in a lot of the, uh, if you look at some of the REITs out there, um, we look at Prologis as, as a REIT that is taking advantage of online e-commerce. The reason why people are willing to pay, I don't know if it's 50 times cash flow for that, is because they see over time the economy shifting from retail, traditional retail to e-commerce, and these guys being able to ca- uh, capture market share. So in a low interest rate environment, the market is willing to pay up for growth. Um, we'll see how long that continues for. But for the foreseeable future, the Fed has said they're not going anywhere with rates and they're actually going to probably let things run hot for a while. So in the, with the backdrop of uh, the 10-year uh, Treasury down in the U.S. trading at 1.6 to 1.5%, somewhere in there, um, that is really the expensive trade that I see at the moment. Right. The bond market is expensive, uh, without question. So for, from an asset mix point of view, uh, Phil, because it, you know, it really matters a lot. Um, you know, if, if, if the market falls and people lose sleep, that means they basically had too much stock. And that's where an asset mix is very important. A portion of cash, a portion of bond and a portion of stock in your portfolio. The higher your tolerance, the more stock you can have. Uh, at a 1.5% interest rate environment and world, good golly, how can you actually put money in bonds in the first place? Well, it's not just a binary decision, do we own the U.S. Treasury or not, right? There are so many other good quality uh, bonds out there. I just saw, I'm sorry to interrupt, I just saw the Greek yield. One percent. I remember being on CP24 talking about Greek yields at 25 percent not seven years ago. One yeah. percent to lend to Greek? Are you kidding? Well, we wouldn't be a part of that. <laughs> we wouldn't be owning that. Uh, what we would rather own you, is... You, 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 can, you can, sorry, you can, borrow, yeah. you, you can, you can borrow, lend to the Germans. They'll probably still give you a bit of negative yield. They, those Germans will pull that move on you. Yeah, and again, that's not something that we would recommend to clients. Uh, what we would recommend to clients is looking at other alternatives in the uh, fixed income space. So you have emerging market debt that's yielding you in the mid mid uh, single digits. You have high yield debt that's getting you, you know, five to six percent. You have corporate investment grade debt that's getting you in the three percent, uh, three to four percent range. So, you know, these are good alternatives in a in an environment where we think the markets are fully valued. Uh, that, that's uh, our conclusion on, see, on the market. See, Jack and I own own some Chubb CHB. It's it's an ETF of of, of junk debt. Um, and Jack always reminds me, and I'm glad he does this because when the, when they turn the lights off, uh, turn the lights out in, in the equity market, fixed, a high yield fixed income is going to act like an equity and, and sell off almost as much. Actually, that's not quite the case. Uh, if you go back to the history of high yield starting back in the late 80s and look at it for correction by correction and bear market by bear market, what you tend to see on average is half the downside. But, but half, yeah, f- fair enough. I was extreme. But, but anyway, 100% of the upside coming out the other yeah, way. F- fair enough. So the, the, the good point, Phil. So we're, we're going to continue to hold the position. Uh, we have Phil uh, Peterson in studio, chief investment strategist uh, with Manulife Investments. Um, uh, Phil believes this market is expensive. Uh, if you are in the same camp or have any concerns, uh, stay tuned. It's Hi-Fi Radio. It's a show about Money is a show for you on the Global News Radio Network, 640 in Toronto. Don't go anywhere. There's more great show after this. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Welcome back to the show about money. It's Hi-Fi Radio. 
Around the Global News Radio Network, 640 in Toronto. I am Wolfgang Klein. I am a portfolio manager. I help people like you with your money. No question, too big or too small. You just reach out to Jack and I, uh, WolfgangKlein.com. Uh, we will answer any of your questions. Happy to sit down with you and uh, please, free advice uh, anytime. That's what we do. Uh, we're here for you. Uh, we have Phil Peterson in the studio. He's a chief investment strategist with Main Life Investments. Uh, Phil looks at the big picture, and uh, that's a very, very important thing to do. It's about 80% of the outcome, in my opinion. Get the macro right, you're going to make money. Uh, get it wrong, uh, it doesn't matter what you buy, it's going to hurt you. Uh, so thank you for joining us in studio, Phil. Um, we're, of course, speaking about the bond market, that there are some areas you can uh, invest in the bond market, that you are concerned with valuations on the equity market. Um, what's your guess? How's this year going to play out? Because there's quite a few things that we're dealing with. We're dealing with the coronavirus, of course. we have a presidential election coming up um, in November. Uh, it's the start of a new decade, and here we are 11 or 12 years into uh, the bull market. Yeah, when we look at 2020, there are some headwinds. As you said, we have the election. We're dealing with coronavirus right now. Uh, we're dealing with a lack of earnings growth. And what we look at to determine earnings, earnings growth over the next 6 to 12 months isn't suggesting a, a strong reacceleration of earnings this year. So, Look, the U.S. equity market's up about 4% uh, year-to-date. We think uh, you can get a couple points over that, but uh, that's about it. Mid-single digits for the U.S. equity market. So we will, we do expect some volatility. We expect uh, a correction, although, look, we get a correction in two out of every three years. So that's not a stretch to say we could see a correction at some point this year based on where we are. In terms uh, of so well, how, how deep, sir? How deep of a correction do you, do you anticipate? Yeah, 10 to 15%. That would get us back in line with, I think, where we should be from a valuation perspective. Yeah, fair enough. And then coming to your thing in terms of asset allocation, and, and I want to be clear on this, when we look at the markets and say it's overvalued, again, this isn't a binary decision. We say, oh, the market's overvalued, sell everything. What we're doing is saying if our static benchmark is a 60% weight to equities and we think the market is overvalued uh, to a certain extent, then we should reduce that equity risk by you know, 10%. So that's where and, we are right and now. put it where? Bonds. Put it in a fixed income, so you, in particularly yeah. though high yield. We're, we're what we've been doing okay. over the last uh, say six months is recommending a shift into high yield, which maintains that equity-like exposure to the upside, but reduces that downside volatility. Interesting. The uh, when, when you look at high yield uh, and, and marketing, Wolfgang and I are uh, focus a lot on marketing. We focus a lot on brands. Uh, I was actually reading. I think it was Howard Marks. I'm not quite sure, but uh, he was talking about how high yield, how they basically change the perception of high yield because really what you're buying is junk at the end of the cycle and like we've talked about it before so maybe it goes down 50 percent and then you get the full 100 uh, percent recovery at the end of the cycle but the issue that i have with high yield is it is junk paper at the end of the day and the other fact is that the people that are buying it are typically buying it for security so when you have if the market goes down 40 percent and you buy a bond it goes down 20 percent clients are not going to be happy True. That's where we have to draw that distinction between whether high yield is truly a bond or high yield is an equity proxy. And the way we look at it right now is we're using high yield as an equity proxy. You're right. You have downside volatility. As soon as you go into high yield, you've got this downside exposure that is going to uh, yeah, add volatility when the markets, when the equity markets are selling off. What we want to consider, though, is that, okay, um, relative to equities, though, what am I giving up and what do I gain? And so at, towards the end of the cycle, you're actually not giving up much to the upside, but you're saving yourself upwards of 50% of the downside risk. 
And if, if you look at high yield, and everyone talks about how the market is at all-time highs, we're trading at 19 times earnings, which is a high multiple for the S&P 500, about 19 is where yeah, we're on, at right now. on forward earnings expectations, yeah. if those forward earnings expectations are actually correct. Right. But you're, you're buying high yield at 5%, so you're buying junk bond, you're buying lower quality companies. At, uh, at 19 times earnings, you're still getting a, a 5% earnings yield on the S&P 500, which are the 500 largest companies in America. Very true. It, it, it's um, We see it, everything is relative, right? And so I wouldn't necessarily say that I would want to to shift from equity into high yield and remain that way through the full cycle. High yield will underperform equities through the full economic and market cycle, but at the inflection points of uh, corrections, bear markets, recessions, high yield outperforms. Because what does back that high yield, and we call it junk, but it is backed by the PP&E of a company, property, plant, and equipment of the company. And guess who gets paid first? Right. If that company goes bankrupt, it's the bondholders, not the equity holders. They get nothing. Yeah, no, the word junk is an interesting word because junk is relative to what a bond is supposed to be, and that is a lot more secure than an equity. So good companies will have to issue every now and then paper that will get what's considered a junk rating. In fact, Chorus Entertainment, uh, its paper uh, at some point was, was borderline investment grade junk. I think it got to double B plus. Um, and again, Chorus is not a junky company. Absolutely not. They, right. they had, and, obviously, no. that, that creates opportunities in itself too. When, when companies go from investment grade to a junk status, um, a lot of a lot of institutions can't hold that type of paper. So it does create dislocations in the market. So there's certainly opportunities in every asset class. I'm just saying for the individual investor, you certainly don't want to do it yourself. And if you if you hire someone like Manulife, they're experts in the field. That's certainly a good opportunity to take advantage of their expertise. Correct. No, we do, we've had a, a few clients come into our office where they have all of their money in high yield. And we say, no, that is a big mistake. Yeah, 5%, 6% of your money in high yield, 5 6% in some corporate debt, maybe 5 6% in some governments. Um, and then you work your way down through some blue chip stocks too, with perhaps a little bit of speculation in there. Uh, Phil Peterson, Chief Investment Strategist, Main Life Investments. Got time for one quick question for you. Uh, is there anything you like out there? Well, it's a lot we like. It's all you know, relative performance. Actually, one of the things that we do like is is uh, Canadian equities. Now, you did talk about Canadian equities being only two percent of the global market cap, and that's true. But there are pockets of opportunities that we see in like Canada. What? Uh, well, for example, you know, some of the mining companies are actually looking quite attractive from a dividend growth perspective and valuation perspective. Now, mining is down, and it's going to be impacted by the coronavirus. Um, but uh, you know, the way we describe it, a lot of mining companies have been taken over by the accountants are being very well run, are cash flow positive, and, and are showing, in our view, signs of value. Yeah, give us a couple of names. Oh, well, a couple of that showed up on, on our recent dividend growth screen would be Agnico Eagle, which is the one that we haven't looked at for quite but, a while. But that's gold stock. That's a gold stock, yeah, so, but minor. Um, uh, wheat and Precious Metals yeah. is another one. Yeah, um, so another gold. Yep, exactly. Uh, so the, the golds look good. There's no question they golds do. look good. But the, the, the base metals, copper, zinc, nickel... Does that interest you? Because I'm not very interested by that. On the that. copper side, if we get once we get past this coronavirus, I think you know the demand for copper will start to pick up Especially again. Especially with Chinese, perhaps as Jack had been alluding to, fiscal response and spending exactly. some money, it, it could kick uh, copper into gear. But uh, you never mentioned uh, crude. No, and that's one that's it's, it's uh, rude. It's rude. Well, you know, it's it's one that we actually liked, and we had a very positive outlook on crude oil in advance of of the coronavirus. So coming into 2020, we saw uh, positive things for the energy yeah. sector, positive things for the price of crude. And how'd that work out? Well, it's, we've seen a massive disruption in not demand so, so right well. now. Yeah, so right now, it, our thesis is on hold. That's yeah. what we would say. You go from 65 bucks to 50 bucks. Yeah, everything's on hold. OPEC's not helping. We'd like to see some cuts out of OPEC to help support the price. But we get through this back half of the year, perhaps we start to see some rebound 
in energy and uh, the energy sector. Jack and I had two energy stocks. We sold one at a loss and moved on and put it to Suncor. So we have one oil stock. That is the most bullish thing I've said about the crude market all show long. Because when I'm out, it's about to turn. Perhaps. We'll see. Uh, you listen to Hi-Fi Radio, Global News Radio Network, 640 in Toronto. Uh, Phil Peterson, generous with his time. He's the Chief Investment Strategist at Manu Life Investments Management. I can't thank you enough for your time. Uh, you stay tuned. There's more Money Show. We'll be talking about the Car Show. Oh, so exciting. We have Demi Shelka's coming in studio. Yes, she is a race car driver. Lots to ask her. And you stay tuned. It's going to be fun. Listen, we're going to take a break. But when we come back, more money talk. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Remember that one? Yeah. It's not time for the X, but... Go down to the CD grounds if you're interested in cars. The auto show is on. And we have a professional car driver in studio, backed by popular demand. Demi Shalkas um, is here. She's working the auto show. Um, and as I drove home last night, I saw a big billboard for the, for the auto show. And I said, yes, we have to get Demi on to talk about this. Uh, because, of course, uh, here at Canaccord, uh, sustainable investing uh, is an important theme. And uh, we just had our Canaccord, or excuse me, our, our analysts on uh, discussing a Tesla, which has been absolutely all the rage or taking over over the world, uh, they will be the only car manufacturer left. Uh, not. Uh, so, Demi, um, thank you, and welcome back. Thank you for having me. It's always such a pleasure. How's life? How's the riding business going? Oh, man, it's been a wild ride. Everything's been super busy, but it's all fantastic things. And you're racing now, you're racing car full-time? Yeah, so my full-time career now is professional performance driving and race car driving, so yeah. that's been pretty exciting. And, and who are your primary sponsors who help me with this? Because we have to give them a big shout-out because they're important people and they're good people for supporting Absolutely. you. Absolutely, they're only the best. So a major shout-out to Paragon Competition. They're the only racing equipment boutique store in the GTA, and they're the only Canadian authorized factory to rebuild for um, Moton, AST, JRZ, and Olin Suspension. And do you have any other sponsors? Yeah, so um, I will be representing Midway Nissan as well on my car for this season because um, I'm going to be racing the Nissan Micra Series. Uh, Jason Yam, who's my real estate agent, he's fantastic, always uh, in the racing scene with us. So tip-top auto collision. Um, so as you guys know, in racing, things happen. So you <laughs> definitely need a body collision sponsor on board. You know uh, Boyd, uh, the Boyd Group? Boyd. I know Boyd's source for sports. Yeah, Jack's been following this story. To talk about that, it's a very interesting stock idea. Go ahead, Jack. Well, it's a, like you said, it's an auto collision. So um, one of the things that I would say is definitely um, uh, immune to to recession is uh, collisions because people obviously make mistakes in their car and drive into right. posts or cars or other things but, but, like that. Boyd, but so but Boyd, Boyd, Boyd is, uh, that's what they do. So collision repair. Uh, it's a Canadian-listed company, probably one of the best-performing stocks on the TSX over the last decade, mm-hmm. which says a lot. Well, it's incredible. Uh, but the fact is story. that they're actually down in the States, so most of their exposure is down in the States. A lot of the revenue coming from down in the States, like I said. It's not a cyclical-type stock, but uh, the valuation has scared me uh, throughout the period of time and unfortunately kept us away from it. Well, you know, again, I look at Kush Tart as a stock every now and then, uh, and but in the back of my mind, and I, I'm sure it's a blind spot I have, but in the back of my mind, I'm saying the world's going electric. At some point, I won't be buying a petrol anymore. I actually use diesel. Um, <laughs> I won't be buying that stuff anymore because the world's going electric, and I think that's kind of silly. But the one thing that won't change, I think, is if you drive a Tesla, you're going to get into an accident at some point. Well, they uh, said that autonomous driving, though, there's going to be a lot less 
less accidents. Uh, the, the accidents but, will occur because of human error, so there'll be autonomous driving and human driving yeah. on the same road. But, but either way, accidents are going to end up at a, at a, at a, at a collision repair a, center. A collision yeah. repair center. Mm-hmm. So that business still has legs. And here's a, here's an idea I'm sharing with you folks. The Boyd Group, we don't own the stock, but it's just been such a clean, steady, eddy business, which tells me more cars on the road, mm-hmm. more dings. And, and in a weaker economy, I'm not buying a new vehicle. Uh, I'm going to extend the life of my existing vehicle. And in a good economy, I can do the same thing. Extend the life of my existing <laughs> I hate spending money on cars. Demi, I'm going to tell you something. You're not going to like this because you love cars so much. But um, let's just say uh, you were to lease a German car, a BMW. I'm going to pick mm-hmm. on BMW. Lease on a BMW is just under $1,000 a month. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so Demi leases the BMW and she has a wonderful time driving it 5% of the time, parking mm-hmm. 95% of the time. That's a bit of a dig. Um <laughs> I, on the other hand, am going to cheap out and uh, save the money. I'm going to walk. I'm going to live downtown in, in a condo. So I'm going to walk to work and take a bit of public transit and mm-hmm. save the $1,000 a month. And I'm going to buy a, uh, a U.S. stock portfolio mm-hmm. uh, and hold it for 40 years. Um, if the U.S. market performs about 80% as well as it has uh, historically, uh, that would equate into a $5 million account. Wow. And your car would, well, you, you, you would have run through about 10 cars in that period of time. Yeah, four, four, four year lease, 40 years. Yeah, you, you, you would have had the experience of 10 different vehicles. Uh, so I share with you, one of your biggest expenses out there, my good friends, is taxes. The other big expense, of course, is automotive. Cars are expensive no matter which way you look at it. And you're seeing in these urban centers more and more shared driving. Uh, how was your experience with your shared drive this morning? Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I was I, looking forward to seeing your car and then I said, where's Demi? She's not here. Oh, and she, uh, Yeah, she, she took a, a shared vehicle have uh, me but it back still out. Have it me still back. worked it was cheap eh it was cheap it got me here it is what it is you, um, don't want, you don't have to park your car i just i you know what i just don't like having to rely on other people to get me from point a to point b like if you're like even a minute late i'm kind of like come on dude are you stuck in traffic what's going on here <laughs> it, it must be interesting for a pro to be in the back seat with yeah. <laughs> a, an amateur driver, so they're driving. No, they're driving nuts. I guess, I, well, nuts. I guess they're a pro driver because they're actually uh, using profession. an Uber or a Lyft. But in terms of performance driver, it must be difficult to watch that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, what, what are you seeing on the floor? Yeah, a lot of new vehicles, and again, electric. What you're touching on is uh, definitely dominating the field at the auto show. There is a lot of manufacturers and companies that are coming out with electric models. Some are even claiming by X date that their entire lineup is going to be electric. Mm-hmm. Um, so even Porsche, when I was at the Montreal Auto Show last month, they had basically all electric cars there on display. So that was interesting to see because something like their Porsche GT3 RS wasn't on display. It was their electric one. So that got just kind of gauges the interest. I'm going to say das is kind of Porsche. Das ist nicht Porsche. Porsche must be combustible, yeah. You like to call it something <laughs> else. That's a mistake they're making from a marketing point of view. It's not a Porsche if it's an electric engine. It just isn't. It can't be. Rebrand, different name. That's what Tesla did right. If they're going to yeah. line extend, they're making a big marketing error. I'm just telling you this. I'm a marketing mm. student. I get it. Uh, but hey, it's their money, not mine. Uh, it's all about your money, my good friends. This show is for you. It's Hi-Fi Radio, Global News Radio Network, 640 in Toronto. We have a race car driver in the house. It's very exciting. Demi Schalkes. Uh She's working the auto show floor. Uh, I don't think I'm going to get there, but she's going to tell me everything I need to know and more about automotive right after this. Making money is the best. So how do you make more money? Come on back after this. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio 640 Toronto.
See? Now that would be a Tesla. Right? Clean machine. But none of those. No pistons popping, eh? <laughs> no combustion. You, you know what actually really drives me? I'm taking my little pooch for a walk in a suburban neighborhood, and then all of a sudden comes a great big SUV with the pistons are popping at around 9 o'clock at night. You know, doing 60 kilometers on a 40. It's so noisy. It's so, the city is noisy, eh? I don't like noise. I really, yeah. really don't. Um, hard to get away with, but uh, you know, it's nice electric vehicles. They are uh, less noisy. You still hear the rubber on the roads. Is it true? Wasn't it you who said that, Jack? Uh, Tesla's, because of the way they're structured and engineered, they consume rub- more rubber than a typical combustible vehicle. Is that true? I think it's very efficient with their braking systems that they have. I know they have two motors, but uh, I think they're very efficient with the braking, and that is hard on the tires, and I'm sure Demi can mm-hmm. speak to that. Well, so, so Demi, I want to talk to you this year, because mm-hmm. uh, you are, um, last time we spoke to you, you just liked the engine under the hood. Yeah. Right? And, and, and the rev and the feel and the mm-hmm. smell of petrol. You get it. Yeah. Um, that, that, that's what race car drivers are, are that's perhaps what attracts them to the, to the sport. Um, horsepower versus torque. Yeah. Uh, when we had uh, Jed Dorsheimer on, uh, talking about horsepower, he said, no, no, faux pas, wrong word. The mm-hmm. word is torque. Yeah. Uh, so what do you think of that from going from horsepower to torque focus? Uh, the, the point, sorry, the point that he made there was the fact that horsepower is one thing, but the, the ability to transfer energy efficiently is mm-hmm. much more important, and that's where you come into the torque equation. So, yeah. And I'm sure you, you look at that in your racing cars as well, I would he's, assume. Yeah, he's absolutely right with that. You do want to kind of emphasize on torque. You really don't want to focus too much just on the horsepower. I mean, the torque is what gives you that bang it what's what give you that that you know that that push mm-hmm. um but it's also the torque and the transmission um so you they're all coming out with um higher speed transmission so like a nine speed automatic or a 10 speed automatic and the more gears you have just the more efficiently you can utilize that torque and to give it a more efficient and more jam at any gear more jam at any gear yeah you know, that was interesting because uh my local mechanic has a picture of a transmission up on the wall in the waiting room yeah. and it's a complicated structure. It's a complicated thing. And uh, with electric vehicles, bye-bye transmission. Um, have you, um, on the track, taken any Tesla product? No. You no, haven't I had the opportunity. You haven't had the opportunity yet, eh? No. Yeah. yeah. No. Um, another question for you, because you know what would get me to that auto show? Uh, is the cyber vehicle. I guess it's not Oh, there. the it's cyber not, truck? I want to see that thing. Oh, you know, that, man. And, and, and cool. <laughs> it would be wicked. And honestly, from a marketing standpoint, like when I first saw that truck, I was like, this has to be a joke. My, five, I, I, I my five-year-old niece could, dry, could draw that. But um, people are in love with it. There are some people that just love the absolute uniqueness of it. But I was at the Montreal Auto Show, and unfortunately, they didn't have it on display. I don't know if they'll have it here for Toronto, um, but it wasn't there last month, so we'll see for this show. So the other issue then, Jed Dorsheimer meant the the, the first man advantage. Uh, what Tesla has today, and again, te- please tell me, share with us what you know. What Tesla has is a huge. Um, uh, What's the word I'm looking for? The advantage or the yeah, so the tech, I would say their technology is probably, I would say, mm-hmm. two to maybe three years ahead of the traditional automobile. Specifically mm-hmm. with the battery. The, the battery storage is about double that of the Porsche. So so hence the the, the, the duration of drive is, yes. is double that of the Porsche. Uh, have you heard anyone catching up to Tesla's battery abilities? You know what? Tesla is dominating the field in regards to their technology with batteries and also just the convenience of the stations that they're offering. There's a lot more charging stations available throughout your drive. 
five. Yep. Um, so it's, they're making it very convenient in that aspect. Now for their autopilot, I believe they call it, and that's kind of the driver assistance, like they're, um, you don't have to really... Uh, yeah, the autonomous, yeah. The yep. autonomous driving, yeah. Um, they're fantastic, but actually Cadillac Super Cruise has uh, surpassed them in the sense where they are the first true hands-free driving system because Super Cruise actually focuses it on your eyes and, and makes sure that you're looking straight. Um, so you never really have to touch the wheel. And with their new of Super Cruise, you can actually just put the blinker on and it will make a safe lane change for you now too. And it's connected with over 320,000 kilometers of highway driving throughout Canada and the U.S. So you can take this from here all the way to Montreal if you wanted to Detroit and not have to touch a thing. You just have to look straight and sit like this. So, so the That's super cruise that, they, that you're talking about here, so yeah. there's different levels, obviously, of autonomous driving. Yeah. Uh, like level one would just be sort of your Adaptive cruise, con- cruise, cruise control, control that yeah. type of thing. So what level uh, is this cruise that it, you have with the... Super cruise yeah, would super be the cruise. highest level. They use LIDAR. Um, so it's like light radar, I believe. Right, that's okay. right. That's yeah. the word, yes. Yeah, and um, so with that, and it also does GPS um, censoring as well. So it knows exactly where you are, and it's updated like so rapidly where it will know exactly where you are. Um, with, say, Tesla, for example, it can get distracted by, say, sun or light because they're using cr- cameras. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a little bit more efficient with Super Cruise. Um, what kind of innovation are you seeing at the auto show? What's, what's really standing out right now? Digital dashes seem to be a huge thing. Um, everybody wants um, the full digital dashes. There's no more cluster gauges anymore. Everything's all digital, um, like organic um, LED uh, OLED displays and such. Um, but yeah, anything that's more techie or more guru or more connected in the vehicles that seems to be a huge aside from obviously the electric aspect of it i saw an interesting um vehicle at our boston uh, growth conference um i wish you were there for this one jack because i would have really liked to have gotten your initial opinion on it because i thought it was kind of goofy mm-hmm. um and it, it, it was neat it, it was a very small three-wheel vehicle um mm. it, it looked like sort of like a golf cart um and it was for last mile so i'm in a condo Starbucks is half a kilometer away. I don't want to walk. I could park this thing on sidewalks. It, it takes no space. It's kind of neat function. Who's really going to buy that thing? So are there, are there any such type scooter car toys uh, at the show that are worth looking at? You know what? It's kind of funny because that that three-wheel uh, little vehicle that you're talking about, somebody used to have it at my gym. I used to work out at LA Fitness at Don Mills and uh, uh, York Mills. And a guy used to be there every day with that three-wheeler thing and he would come out in his shorts ready to work out and hop back in. So and I'm like, man, this guy can suntan as he's oh, driving. Yeah. <laughs> like, it looks wicked. I don't know if they have anything like that at the auto show. Um, see, with me, when you're actually working the auto show, show it's so difficult to do a full walk around of the show because you're there from nine o'clock in the morning till 10 p.m at night right um so i don't know if they that's have a long that shift. It, it is yeah and it's for 10 no, that, that's tiring that's, yeah. that, that's hard work Amy. you just drink lots of water and you keep your energy levels up and if you're truly passionate about what you do you you don't think of it like that like i'm stoked to be out there on the feet on the floor and to be talking about product that i'm genuinely you're interested smart in. smart smart demi uh, we have demi shalkas in the studio she is a professional performance race car driver. She's at the auto show. We're getting a, a inside glimpse as to what uh, you can find this weekend at the auto show, which of course is located at the X. Let's go to the X. Uh, there's more Hi-Fi Radio uh, coming up right after this. I am Wolfgang Klein, your host, Jack Hartle, in for the cause. Uh, we love being here and we are here for you. You stay tuned, my friends. Stay with us. There's more shows still to come. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio 640 Toronto. I'm on my way, I'm making 
Welcome back, my good friends, to the show about money. It's Hi-Fi Radio. You're on the Global News Radio Network, 640 in Toronto. I am Wolfgang Klein, your host. It's a show for you, my good friends. I want to help educate you and help you become wealthier people. Um, you know, one of the dear industries to Canada once was the automotive industry, and it has just been so hollowed out. Uh, Jack's brother works at Magna. Uh, uh, there's a company that has been absolutely resilient. It's a great Canadian, iconic story that's gone global. Um, it's state-of-the-art. Uh, Jack's actually been on the factory floor once, and I want to actually see it. I want to see the robots. I, I would say it's them. been at least five years since I've been up to my brother's plant, and they yeah. do make transmissions up there. Um, and what he's been telling me in the last five years, uh, the plant has completely changed. Uh, before, everything was on the floor. Now it's a lot of robotics going on and Elon Musk tried to make his plant go robotics and it's not that easy to do but uh, they use uh, immense amount of technology and then they're also stacking so going up in the air in terms of machining as well which is like I said I gotta get there to see what's up so we're talking driverless cars um, uh, Demi how would you like to be replaced with a robot artificial intelligence we don't need you no. we're just gonna let the car race itself and the satellite will <laughs> hey, that, no 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 uh, but Demi do you know that what actually is kind of twisted in the back of the viewers minds they want to see you crash yeah. It's, 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 I don't like that. I hate Jack, the Jack, <laughs> No, I was going to say, well, you know what? It's the same thing with the stock market too, right? All, they, all they're all sitting there watching is the crashes. That's all, yeah. people, that's all that people that's can good, remember good are the crashes point, in the market. Point. When most of the time, it's experts that are out there doing their job, being professionals, for the most part, making money for their clients, which is what we try and do. And, and Demi, mm-hmm. same thing. You take a lot of risks in your sport, but when you know what you're doing, it's not the same risk as someone that doesn't know what they're doing. So, so yeah. again, I, I want to leave on a final note. Is the media going to report today that 500,000 airplanes landed safely? That's not a story. No, no, we want to crash. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's what the media does, too, with, with, when it comes to your money. And that's where, again, I want to forewarn you. Uh, number one, if there's a money story on the front page, and you want to make money, do the opposite. I don't care what the story is. Mm. Do the opposite of page one because the story is history and the market is always looking forward. Jack and I are always looking forward and we want to get the edge uh, on each and every industry that we participate in because we you know, we do um, uh, 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 pivot uh, from commodities into technology, into automotive, into airlines. We bought some airline stocks this week, of course, on the coronavirus. Coronavirus scares everybody. Things get on sale. Mm-hmm. And we think that Air Canada is probably going to be okay in time and we put a little trade on and uh, hopefully that makes us some money have, i have not bought an auto stock in a long time the last one i bought actually was mag now uh tesla I, I, too rich for my blood i'm sorry I, I can't get my head around it a company that has the same valuation of both general motors and ford Do you know that the, the company the value of tesla is equivalent to general motors and ford put together and you're wow. telling me tesla's not even at the auto show wow. they're, they're snubbing you guys the cyber truck hey they're snubbing yeah. i want the cyber truck there <laughs> I want the cyber truck there too. So what, uh, what what else is going on at the auto show that's so darn cool? Yeah, I mean the auto show to me is just a playground seeing <laughs> you know seeing what new models are coming out uh, for all the different manufacturers and they're also making it very interactive so if there's any families listening you can bring your children to the auto show now they have play zones for the kids they'll have little interactive games for them so that you can actually take your time to look around um, I mean for me I love all of the performance cars checking out the M2 competition at BMW uh, the CT4V and the CT5V at Cadillac um, even just like the G70 at Genesis. I've talked about Genesis on the last one. I'm I'm a fan of what they're doing. Um, and just walking around and taking a look at all of the new technology that's out there. It's something to do and it's just exciting to be there. How many electric vehicles are you seeing? Like what percentage would be e-vehicles? Um, I don't I don't know if I can put a put a number on that, but I'd probably say there's a solid 
like 40 percent 40 percent really wow 30 40 and and the fleet of uh, global cars what percentage are electric less than one percent isn't it i was gonna say one or two that's a guess but it's so so 40 40 on the floor but one on the road i would say but the rate of change obviously it's it's increasing exponentially and the other thing is too at the auto show you got to show what is new what's different yep right they're not going to show the 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 old classic well i mean they put classic cars out there but they're not going to show old technology there but what i and and what i'm saying by that too also is that a lot of those electric cars could be also be concept cars that are just gated off correct say that this is where we're going but it's not available or doing anything at at least one of them has something you know canada Canada once had an iconic airplane the avro arrow Mm. um i I don't understand we put so much money into such an iconic brand it never made itself to market it was one of the finest airplanes ever designed anyways that's business my good friend you must move forward things do change um combustible vehicles been on the road for over 100 years uh, so we've made some changes got rid of transmissions and put uh, battery packs in enough to jettison us around several hundred kilometers uh demi shelkis it's a real pleasure um uh, i want to thank your pr- pr- sponsor once again paragon they keep you safe they they, they equip you in a very very good body outfit and thank good good helmets so thank you paragon you're good people for yes. taking care of our friend demi shell because we wanted to be <laughs> safe on the track uh again if you have some time this weekend check out the auto show if you have any comments you want to share our way you can always contact wolfgang or jack wolfgangkline.com again show about money my good friends i want you to have more of it remember manage your spending in other words reduce your spending save some money and invest it consistently you will be wealthy i'm sorry to say over about two and a half to three decades it takes time start early start now and get going wish you a great weekend i'm wolfgang klein you have a good one Listening to Hi Fi Radio with Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hartle, portfolio managers at Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management. For questions about today's show or any money questions you need answered, email Wolf and Jack at WolfgangKlein.com. Hi Fi Radio, for the love of money. We'll see you next week. The preceding program is a specialty program. Unless otherwise identified, the participants on the program are not employees of Chorus Entertainment. Opinions expressed may not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.